you'll join me in your Bible to the book of Mark today, please. Mark chapter number 10. And I'd like to just spend a little time with you in that portion of scripture. And uh, I, I love that song. Uh, now those two that sang it are different, but uh, I love the song. The words is great. Now, uh, let me emphasize... Brother Jim, where did you go? I always need help doing something. Aren't we leaving today at 3? Not 2.59. Not 3.01. Or 3.05. 3, right? And they're going to give you directions. The best way to find it is to follow somebody that's been there. We're all going to leave in a convoy. And I'm sure there'll be phones in just about every car. And if some of you need to stop, you need to tell somebody because we're not going to come back and spend all night long trying to find you. Brother Harper ain't here, is he? Brother Harper, breaker, breaker, one night. Please now, let's just all go together. We're going to have a service when we get there this evening. And uh, you're going to have a service here. I have uh, called an internationally known speaker. will be speaking tonight. And if he's not internationally known today, he will be tonight. And uh, so be in your place. And uh, if you animal activists, don't worry about a thing when it comes to me. I have no, nothing against Dove. I'm not angry at him. I can sit in that camouflage chair and watch him land in a tree right over my head. So... We're all good. And if I shot, I couldn't hit him anyhow. Mark chapter number 10. Have you ever been in a place, a situation, a church service, or maybe a jail sale? And you had a turning point in your life. I'm talking about a brand new day almost immediately. I want to talk to you today about turning point. How you can turn around what's got you down. How you can get up and stay up. And I believe a bunch of us need that. I read for you a portion of scripture, verse 46 out of Mark chapter 10. We continue our study in this particular book. And the Bible says, and they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho. 
with the disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. They called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, arise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. The story is recorded in two other of the Gospels, Matthew and Luke. Not in John, but located and and is recorded in the other two. Here we introduce to a man that has an issue. He's blind. Been blind from his birth. Not only that, he's living in a city that has been cursed, Jericho. Not only that, he's the son of Timaeus, whose name means filthy, dirty, Dingy, corrupt, or filthy. I would assume by them recording the name of the father that probably Bartimaeus wasn't raised in a functional Christian environment. Living in a cursed city. Living with a father. Who by definition of his name was dirty, filthy, ungodly. Sitting by a highway, begging and blind. Quite a picture, if you please. I'd say that he had a few issues. But now I can tell by your face, you have none. Most generally on Sunday morning, we check all of our issues at the front door and leave them in the parking lot for an hour. And we put on that Baptist smile, that religious, uh, I've been Holy Ghost born again filled and I am ready for heaven. Look. But we fail to leave it in the parking lot. We pick it up as we check out the door and take our issue back home with us. How many times have you come to church with an issue that you're fighting and struggling with right this hour? You come to church mean, you leave church mad. (laughs) 
I dare say that all of us this morning have issues. We have issues and hurts and needs that seemingly and possibly they are impossible to to feel with this old world. You think about it, some are just far beyond our control. There are some folks who have problems with drugs. You don't find them in the back alleys of downtown Fort Worth buying crack cocaine or some other drug. They uh, are addicted to legal drugs. Prescription drugs. Because they have an issue, the the drugs cover the issue. The drugs uh, uh, kind of uh, blanket and uh, uh, the issue. But uh, really, somebody would say, "Well, he has a drug problem." No, his problem is much deeper than the drugs. Uh, there, some folk may have problems with uh, with alcohol and uh, uh, drinking and such of that. And uh, you say, preacher, I, I, I just drink sociably. I'm sure every alcoholic in the world started that way. And tell me something. What's sociable about getting soused? What's sociable about losing all control and all sanity and begin to utter things and do things that you wouldn't do normally? And you say, well, preacher, I can quit any time. How about today? It's an issue. Some folk have an issue with sex. You'll get over that. But you ought to handle it before you get over it. It's an issue. You say, preacher, it's not an issue. Then you tell me how the sex market raises billions of dollars every year. I mean, they create more revenue than the horse, than the racetracks. And, and there's issues, uh, issues in churches, issues uh, about uh, there's broken hearts, uh, issues of a broken heart. There's issues of failed marriages. And Baptist folks are the best in the world about uh, discrediting anybody who's ever had a mistake of choice in a mate. I mean, they just, uh, you know, uh, it's amazing how my name comes up around the world about marriage issues. I heard the other day that a church is trying to call a pastor locally and my name came up in the business meeting. Not to be called, just as a reference point. (laughs) It's amazing where my name comes up. But would you say there's many issues here today? Our kids have issues. Because their parents have issues. And there are issues of, of financial disaster. And there's issues of family heartaches. And all the turmoil that goes on in the, in the family. Especially when teenagers get up a little bit older and begin to parent the parents. And there are emotional meltdowns and full-blown spiritual collapses, if you please, in the midst of the folks right here this morning. Amen. Here's a man sitting by the highway, living in a cursed city, living in a, mis- a dysfunctional home, blind as a bat, sitting by the highway, clothed in a camel's rag, sitting there crying, Nishai, Nishai, Nishai. 
That's Hebrew for, could you put a little bit in this cup, please? You didn't know I knew Hebrew. I know a little one. He lives right around the corner from my house. (laughs) Many of our issues are lifelong. Many of our issues are developed when we're real small. Brother JT is going to put a picture on our screens for us. And uh, you know who that is? That's probably one of the greatest tight ends in all of football history. He could have been instrumental and totally involved in the murder of six people. That's Aaron Hernandez. That's the fellow they just indicted for murder. He just signed last year a contract for $40 million with a $12.5 million signing bonus. As a junior high kid and as a high school kid, he was the cleanest cut kid you could ever imagine. Did not walk with a swagger, did not talk with a swagger, but always responded, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Raised by a gangster daddy who finally got his head on straight and was quite an athlete in his own right and became a daddy to those two boys, his brother and himself. At 14, his daddy checked himself in the hospital for a minor surgery and died of an infection, leaving a lasting impression on a 14-year-old boy that was absolutely eat up with talent and size and ability. A preacher, my issue is I just don't have enough money. His issue was he had too much. You say, I'm not an Aaron Hernandez. No, if you were, I'd take an offering. (laughs) But money... Talent, ability, popularity does not handle your issues. They didn't handle his and they won't handle ours. Society could not help blind Bartimaeus. He had been sitting in the same place all of his life. Begging, broken, and blind. What he needed in his life was a turning point. A point in his life where he said, I am no longer going in that direction. It's called in Bible theology, repentance. 
It's called going down the road one day and all of a sudden you decide I'm not going that way anymore. You turn and repent and go to God and let God take care of the situation. Some of our issues are lifelong. Some of our issues are because of bad parenting. I've been a bad parent. I've done when I shouldn't have done and didn't do when I should have done. I've been gone when I should have been there and I've been there when I should have left. But all of us, if you've ever had kids, you are a result of the parents that you had and their parents before them. And the only thing we don't get kids with is instructions. And if you got instructions, it'd be different instructions for every kid. I was so put out yesterday. My wife actually laid hands on Brother Ben. And I said, honey, you don't need to spank him on the behind She said, that's the very reason our two turned out like they did. Some of our issues are bad because of bad parenting. And we should not blame our parents because, hey, this was their first run at being a parent. But it's always easy to go to the psychiatrist and they can tell you, you are what you are because of where you were raised. Well, that's okay. Build a bridge and get over it. Quit wall around yourself, pity. Oh, nobody's had it as bad as I have. And so issues, issues can be a result of bullying when you were a child. Have you ever seen anybody bullied? That's the most degrading, hurtful thing that I know can ever happen to a child. And there's always a big dude on the block. There's always a big bully. Well, what I did is organized a gang. And we took on all bullies one at a time. We didn't have one. We had several. They were one at a time. That would make us the bully. Some folks have issues today. Not because they were born blind. But because they was raised in an environment. Uh, these, these, these athletes that were raised in the hood and had nothing all their life and worked and worked and worked their way out of the hood and then get all these signing bonuses of millions of dollars. They don't, they just, they, they don't know how to handle that. I'd like to try it myself. <laughs> I've come to the realization that God just does not trust me with money. He's got plenty and I'm broke. But issues, relationships, bad choices, bad ancestry. You say, wait a minute, I've got a good ancestry. Yeah, in Adam, all die. Uh, we just all rotten to the core. And we'll all have issues. And I, I'm just here to tell you that 
I'm taking this story today and I'm taking this issue that blind Bartimaeus had and I want to recommend something to you. Jesus Christ has never failed in an issue. He's still providing complete eradication of issues. I'm reading you a verse out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want you to turn your Bible. I quote it quite often, but I quote it too fast. And we really don't get the, 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 the gist of it. Now, I don't know what issue these young people have, but I know one thing. They got issues. Being raised in a society. Just think, I think last week, one of their heroes took their clothes off in public. Hannah Montana became Hannah the bear. <laughs> Heroes, they all peel eventually. Yeah. Let me tell you what will help you. I'd rather have Jesus as Hannah. Amen. And I think another one of Disney's. Okay, let's go on. Jesus Christ deals in complete, absolutely total recovery. Now get this. Complete and total recovery. I don't care what your issue is today. It makes no difference. Now I do care about your issues. But it don't make any difference what they are. You could be blind sitting by a roadside. And all it takes is Jesus to take care of that. It can be a broken home by the way of the wayside. Jesus can take care of that. It could be a broken child that nobody can control. I want you to know something. Jesus can take care of that. He deals in total 100% recovery. You don't have to go back for another dose. The difference in Jesus and doctors, the doctors spend eight years practicing medicine. The emphasis is on practice. Jesus does not practice anything. He just heals completely. Totally, 100%. Notice if you would please. Chapter 5 and verse 17. Jesus deals in total recovery. I don't believe in saved drunks. I do not believe in saved drunks. Sexual perverts. I do not believe in saved sociable drinkers. You said, do you believe in me being a church member there? Notice verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, He is totally brand new. The prodigal son had to leave the hog pen to come to Jesus. And when he came to Jesus, he did not strap the hog pen on the back of his pickup truck and take it back home with him. If any man be in Christ, does everybody agree with this? Are you an any man or any woman? 
If any man be in Christ, what is he? A new creature, a new creation. Totally, 100% recovered from the issue of sin. I like that verse. Old things. Are you dragging some old things with you today? Make an excuse that you're saved by grace. How about an attitude? How about it's my way or the highway? How about I'm 14 and I'm smarter than everybody in the world? My mom and daddy is dumb as a rock. And it is a small rock at that. (laughs) That is not the attitude of a Christian. How can I know whether I'm saved or not? Check the fruit hanging on the tree. If your attitude stinks, if you don't know yes ma'am and no ma'am, if you think you got it made, you might ought to think about the hoodlum that's in the huddle. But he's not in the huddle today, he's in a jailhouse in New England because of issues. Old things are what? Pass away. Thank God some of that old stuff is gone. No, thank God all that old stuff is gone. All things have become new. I like that, don't you? Would you like to go home today to new things? Some of you folks must stay up hours upon end figuring out how to keep one another miserable. Don't you walk in this house with a smile on your face, I'll slap you. Now those are issues. That, that is an issue. We're having fun. I want to give you something now. Is there anybody here could stand a turning point in your life? Please don't treat this as just another sermon. Uh, Don't don't treat this as as just something the preacher set up two or three days just trying to make me miserable when I come to church. That's not my point. My point is that I'd like for you to go back to a time in your life like I can go back to a time in my life When everything I did, you could define as rotten, stinking, ugly, hurtful, angry, quick to hit, and quicker to run. But I can go back to a night... To a turning point Amen. where everything became new. Amen. And old things, old things, 
old haunts, old friends. Aaron Hernandez would have Bible study with his coach at the University of Florida every morning and go out with his hoodlums every night and dope. And he got hooked on angel dust. And as big as he was, he became paranoid and had to carry a forty-five pistol afraid somebody's going to get him. If I was that big, I would want people to get me. I would enjoy them ungetting. Do you catch my drift? Look at this. I don't need a pistol. I can still run. Paranoid. Issues. I'll just bet you everybody here today came to church with issues. Well, I don't like what Obama's doing in Syria. That's not going to change what I eat after a while for lunch. Not going to change what God says to me in my Bible study tomorrow. It's not going to change my hallelujahs when everything is just wonderful. Who cares what Obama does? He's not in charge anyhow. Somebody else is in charge. And we walk around worried to death about Obama. What's he going to do in Syria? He ain't going to do nothing God ain't going to allow him to do. Do you understand that? So preacher, you're just not very good from my political standpoint. No, I'm not standing on any point except Jesus' point. Now, quickly, I got seven minutes to give you four points. Steps in having a turning point in your life. Steps in how to have a turning point in your life. And I don't care who you are, you probably need a turning point. First thing you do to have a turning point in your life is seize the moment. How long do you think Bartimaeus had been sitting in the same place on the same highway, blind as he could be, but yet he could hear? And day after day, year after year, he had sat in the same place with his beggar's cup wrapped in his camel garment that sheltered him from the weather. And he sat there day after day. His ears, now his hearing has developed and become more sensitive because of the loss of his eye. He could hear the sandals patting on the rock and dusty road. He knew when somebody was coming down the Jericho road. It was that same road that Samaritan found that man in the ditch. As he sat at this road every single day, all of his life, begging, if you please, listening intently for somebody to come by. His sole support was other people. He could not work. The only thing he could do is beg And probably day after day, the same person probably put a coin or something in the little cup. And he's sitting there day after day, but this one day was different. He could not see. He was blind as he could be. 
The crowd could see, but they was as blind as they could be. The man who could not see saw something that those who could see did not see. And he heard the crowds. He heard the talking. And he heard through a muffled crowd the name Jesus. The Bible said there was a great crowd, a great multitude, throngs of people following our Lord. And this man heard the name Jesus of Nazareth. Now in the Bible days, many folks were named Jesus. There were thousands and thousands of Jesus. But this day, there was an extraordinary Jesus coming down the Jericho Road. And this man knew that he would never come that way again because Jesus is just 17 miles from Calvary. He's going through Jericho to Jerusalem to die for their sins. If the man does not see the moment, Jesus will never come that way again. What if God quit knocking on your heart today? The Bible said God will not always strive with man. There'll be a time in your life when you say no and you say no and you say no and you say no and God just writes it off and there's no more tears, there's no more sorrow, there's no more hurt, there's no more sorrow for sin, there's no more repentance and I'm saying if you ever want a turning point, don't wait till next week. Seize the moment. Behold, Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. They said, shut up, Bartimaeus. He said, I'm not shutting up. This is my last chance. This is the chance of my life. This is not just any Jesus. This is the Jesus that was born in Nazareth. Of a Virgin Mary. And of the Holy Ghost of God. Seize. The moment. Wouldn't it be nice if you knew what was going to happen tomorrow. How many folks you think are in the obituaries today. Seize. The moment this blind man, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. Turning point. Some of you don't want it. But thank God. Now if you read the text real close, and I'm about done. Almost. (laughs) (laughs) Verse 46 talks about a great crowd. You see it? Great crowd. Great crowd. 
Only one. Only one. Had a turning point. Look at the Bible. Verse 46. Great crowd. Throngs going with him to church. Throngs following him. Oh, they're thronging upon him. Not one in the pews. Not one. Not one's affected. Not one changed. Not one turned. They just follow him. They just showing up. They just watching the show. But there's one who sees the moment. I can't do it for you. I can't preach into heaven. I can't preach into happiness. I can't preach into a happy home. You need to seize the moment. Secondly, I want you to notice something. He separated from the negativity in the crowd. Notice verse number 48. The Bible says in this particular verse, it talks about, and many charged him that they should hold their peace. Hold your peace. Shut your mouth. Snap it up. I don't know, but some of that crowd might have got nasty with him. Shut up. Zip it. He ain't got time for you. And it won't work anyhow. I've been following him ever since he turned those fish and fed the 5,000. And I haven't seen him heal one blind man yet. Shut your mouth. He's on his way to Jerusalem. You ever been around those folks? It ain't a going to work. Have you ever been around folks whose mother must have surrounded them in the womb in pickle juice instead of water? They're born in their minor key. Chinese music is the minor key. You ever heard any exciting, uplifting Chinese music? Baptist music. It ain't going to work music. It ain't ever worked. It ain't working at my house. And we're broke. And bless God, it ain't going to work over either. Jesus said... Separate yourself from a negative thinking, camel smoking, blue ribbon drinking, somebody else's wife chasing kind of people. Just get away from it. It'll affect you. It'll affect your kids. It'll affect your family. And if you want to have a turning point, you're going to have to shake the old crowd. Thing that Hernandez could not shake was his dope smoking crowd. And the thugs that he ran with, he couldn't shake them. 
That's probably some of your problem. You're listening to what you don't need to be listening to. You're watching what you don't need to be watching. You're thinking what you don't need to be thinking. But I want you to know today, you could have a turning point. Just like blind Bartimaeus stood up and could see and was a brand new creature. But you got to seize the moment. And you've got to separate from this negative people that you run around with. And then you've got to surrender your old life. You know all the fun you have it. You know, you've got to surrender. For the life of me, I don't know why Baptists do they have their kids playing football on Wednesday evening as going to church. I don't understand that. I I don't understand uh, people. It's all wrapped up in sports and not wrapped up in Jesus. I I don't understand that. I guess I'll probably have some explain it to me now next week. (laughs) But notice number 50, chapter number 50. I mean, verse number 50. The Bible said he cast away his old garment, rose and came to Jesus. Casting away his garment. The only thing that guy had was this garment made of camel skin. It was very heavy and it was warm in the winter, dry in the rain, and cool in the summer. And you could always tell a beggar a long way off because they'd all be wrapped in this camel tunic that they had. That's all they had. And when this fella realized he, there was a turning point in his life, he thought to himself, I ain't got anything that's more important than having this turning point in my life. Not my friends, not my finances, nothing. And he chunked his old life, cast it away. And what did he do? He came to Jesus. By the way, isn't that why we're here today? Uh, Don't we kind of believe that Jesus can do the impossible? Uh, Don't we still believe that God is a miracle working God? Don't we still believe this book is still God's book? And it's true. Every jot and tittle, every word, every comma, every sentence, every phrase, every word is inspired by God. Then we can have a turning point too. You say, when should I do it? When God knocks. You say, preacher, I'd get right with God if God would knock. He's probably been knocking a long time. He just got your doorknob wore down. And it ain't as loud as it used to be. Well, shunk your old life. He said, buddy, I'm selling out. I'm tired of being blind and begging. I'm trusting Jesus Christ for my salvation, for my healing, and for my hurt. And I'm not going to uh, need this old rag anymore. Just chunked them away. I like that, don't you? He chunked his garment away and he came to Jesus. I like that. I like that. You say, preacher, this sermon's not very good. Well, it's the best I could do on the, on the 
Just a moment. You see what I'm talking about? You know, I tell you the truth, I haven't missed a hog pen at all. I, I, I just haven't missed a hog pen at all. You know, I, I, I just, uh, I think the greatest thing I ever did when I quit doing what I did and started doing what Jesus did. Now, that's the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life. And you say, well, preacher, did you just, did you just uh, turn over a new leaf? No, I came to Jesus and he had a turning point in my life. Huh? As I close for the fourth time. <laughs> Survey the real need in your life. My need's money. No, no, no. You need not, you need not money. I need my wife to get right with God. I've been preaching to her and I've even showed her scriptures in the Bible that said, wife, shut up and cook. That's all you do. (laughs) What I need is preacher for you to talk to my wife. That'd be the worst thing ever happened to you. (laughs) What I need is a better job. What I need is my hair to be a different color. Or maybe my hair's standing in a different direction. What I need is some new threads. Because I feel good when I'm in good threads. And I have an emotional need. No, no. You, you, the trouble with most folk, they don't really know what they need. Jesus is walking by. A blind man is crying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus called him to himself. And he says, looking at a blind man, what would thou have me do to you? What is your need? See, we come up here and pray about the Mickey Mouse's stuff. God must look at us and say, I wonder when that guy is going to get out of kindergarten spiritually. The problem with us, we have no idea what we need. Amen. We pay psychiatrists a dollar, two dollars, two dollars and a half a minute to tell us what we need. And when you leave him, you need money. Because <laughs> you just got all you got. There's one good thing about Bartimaeus. He knew what he needed. Could I have an amen? amen? He knew what he needed. And he didn't listen to the neighbor sitting next to him. And he wasn't concerned about what the neighbor next door thought of him. They said, shut up, and he yelled louder. They said, shut up, and he yelled louder. He said, you're not the one that's blind. You're not the one that's begging. You're not the one that's hurting. Shut your mouth. I'm getting away from your negativity. I'm getting away from your can't do it philosophy. I'm just going to trust God. And that's the end of it. And he came to Jesus. Now that's a turning point in your life. See, most folk don't know what they need. 
In Mark chapter 2, they bring a fellow on a liar or a stretcher with four men on each corner. You remember that? You remember that? And they're trying to get him into a house that's full of people. You remember that? Now, that's where I got my sermon title. Four a kind beats a full house. I've preached that several times. Say, where did you learn that? Playing canasta. (laughs) And they brought this fellow who could not walk. Lame from his birth. And they led him down through the top of the house. And the fellows at the top of the house said, Jesus, he needs to be healed. And Jesus said, son of man, thy sins be forgiven thee. What is your need? Money? Better relationship at the house? Better job? A bigger church? A smarter preacher? Do you really know what your need is? What's causing your issue? Let me tell you what it is. S-I-N. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, there was no blindness in this earth until the devil slivered in the Garden of Eden and whispered sweet nothings to Eve. And Eve whispered sweet nothings to Adam. And we've been sweet nothings ever since. Our real need is to deal with the sin that's in our life. And only Jesus can do that. Whoa. You like that? (laughs) Glad that didn't happen up here. I'd have fell all the way off. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. When you have a turning point in your life, you'll always live out your faith. Some of these Mickey Mouse decisions you made down here, then go back to the same hog pen. That's why you have no turning point in your life. 